0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. So if this was the Belmont, he could maybe run, but not not two weeks with the Preakness, right? Correct. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. I sort of thought that they would face off in the Preakness. That that would be fun. All
1: right. No. Uh, Forte is also under some suspicions of drug use back from uh, when he was a two-year-old. He, he, he actually was. Uh, there's a case against him. It hasn't been ruled on yet, which is suspicious in of itself
0: i love uh, when you say he's suspected of drug use like he's sitting with the other horses in the barn and they have cocaine <laughs> the tony kornheiser show is on now all righty then so um i had my high school weekend over the weekend i went out to uh, delaware with my high school friends from george w hewlett high school what'd you guys break this year we didn't break anything. Well, a toilet Well, normally seat. we find about the closets <laughs> months later. A toilet seat was broken. <laughs> to be fair. In Michael Kerr's room, a toilet seat was broken. do name names. And he brought it out and he said, the toilet seat is broken. And I said, there's a lot of bathrooms in this house and we'll get it fixed. And we got it fixed. Indeed, we got it fixed. So it's Michael Kerr and Eddie Plutzer and Stephen Pearsall and myself. And we played golf for three days. And then I came back and played golf yesterday because I couldn't believe I'd be this bad with, with my normal set of clubs. I have a set of clubs out in Delaware and I have a set of clubs here. And in my last day in Delaware, I lost the most money. I lost $75. We play five 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 for three rounds. I lost $75, which is the maximum you can lose, 105. I lost close to the max. It's never happened to me before. I used to win. Not win big, but win 10 bucks or something like that. Sure. never lost. If I lost, I lost $20. Pearsall lost all the time. So I kept a hundred dollars of pierce and I've had it for 10 years in my, in my house. And it says property of Gooch, his nickname, hundred dollars. It was from 2012 or something like that. And I dipped into it to pay. I dipped into my legitimate winnings (laughs) to pay my legitimate losings. Okay. I dipped into it. Um, on the last day I shot 57 on the back. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. Water does come into play. 57. I couldn't make a single chip shot. I couldn't make a swing. I was terrible. On the back, I was 45-57. It's 102. 45 is fine. Totally fine. Yesterday, I was 45 or 46 on the front. This is that Columbia? It's a shorter course because I played from the gold tees. And um, I shot 54 on the back. That's, that's six per hole. I shot 54. Are you posting these scores? Yeah. What's your handicap now? Ah, It's got to be 50. I'm (laughs) terrible now, and I don't understand it. I started out yesterday, and nobody really wants to hear about somebody else's golf game, but I started out bogey, 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 par. That's fine. And then I just totally collapsed. I'm really terrible, and it's concerning to me because it's the only thing I like to do. Yeah. Uh, is to play golf. It was terrible. We had a lovely weekend. I will say that we do the same thing all the time. We go to, and I, and everyone has the same response when they do this in their lives. If you go to a great butcher shop, if you get great meat and chicken right in front of you and you watch them cut it and you watch them prepare it and you grill it or you put it in an oven, and it's great you say the following sentence God, wish i wish i had something like this near
2: me same now, thing for a seafood market yeah yeah yeah. and part of it's just the show of as they're presenting it to you and they're telling you the story here's where it's you know here's where it came from here's how you're going to prep it rub this on right before you put it on the grill and all of that is true and you know the place i'm talking about
0: in Rehoboth Hickman's Meat Market yes family butcher shop yes for years and years and years where are the scars to show it well, that's right cuz you are using Tough knives, and you're missing every once in a while. You're landing on your own hands, your arms. They do something for us every single year, and I call up and they know the order. They know the order. And there's a tenderloin, and they, in front of you, they prepare the tenderloin. And with those things that they cut away from the tenderloin, they grind them up into hamburgers. They're the greatest hamburgers in the history of mankind. They're just the greatest. They're fabulous. So we had... We sat, we chatted, and we played, and we had a wonderful time, and we're old, so we don't have the strength or the stamina to play as many holes as we used to, but we really had a wonderful, wonderful time. The first two days, the weather was great. The last day, there was a threat of rain, and it wasn't great, but we got 18 in, you know, without significant spotty rain, and it was just wonderful. Driving home was dreadful for me. As I'm driving home, I don't know, I started about two 2.30 on Saturday, and everything was, it was a terrible rainstorm, like by the time, if you know this geography at all, by the time I hit Route 50 in Maryland uh, to get to the Bay Bridge, it was a a total downpour all the way through crossing the Bay Bridge, then it got a little bit better, but when I got to the Beltway, it was just, you're not moving, that's it, everybody was out on the road, Um, everybody's out on the run tonight, there's no place left to hide. And so it took me a trip that most of the time takes right around three hours, it took about three forty five. But, you know, it's okay. You know, that was okay. I had a lovely weekend. I was really look forward to it. And then in August we'll do it up at Michael's house in in um north of about sixty or seventy miles north of New York City. And be careful with the toilet. Well, I think his <laughs> toilets are probably
2: better than Michael's. You know, it could be a revenge you know. situation. Yeah.
0: Well, then then I would be the aggressor at that point, and I would take a toilet and deliberately break it and burn it in front of everybody. (laughs) A wrong is unredressed.
2: And then (laughs) Michael came over
0: yesterday with Liz and the boys. Um, Because the boys are, like, nervous about the dog. But Chessie was at the farm yesterday. Chessie's coming back today, for which I'm grateful because I love my dog. But, Michael, I want you to explain what you did with the planter.
2: Uh, so for this season, uh, we went tremendous. online and we ordered two wooden planters, about four four feet long, probably a foot and a half, almost two feet deep in Ooh. terms of the planting Do you think area. So? Probably, okay, probably a foot and a half, mm-hmm. and the, these are elevated. I went for the uh, the higher end one that has Looks a I little was paying for it. that has a little tray. Hey, who's kidding? Who? Okay, I ordered it. I did the research. Yeah, okay, and uh, it's amazing. When I got you your first one already three years ago, it's great. There were six-week delays to get any of these types of planters. Uh, These came right. I had them delivered to uh, the front door here. Mom somehow carried both of them inside. Each is about 35 pounds. By carry, you mean she kicked them and pushed them. Yeah, probably. I was (laughs) noticing a couple of dings. (laughs) And so our Mother's Day uh, was uneventful. And then I was like, Liz, I think I can knock these out in probably a half hour. She's laughing. So I'm like, I'll take all three kids. I buckle all three boys into the car seats. I get my little Black & Decker... uh, you know, screwdriver, uh, yeah. drill set. Yeah. Come over, open the box, take everything out, and start to realize there's a lot of pieces here. There's really a lot of
0: pieces, and there's a lot of hardware to the pieces too. Yeah. There's and everything a lot of is labeled. I would stuff. say uh, there's labeled always, with, with letters.
2: There's yes, A B letters, C D E, uh, and that and that's going to correspond to where you are in the instructions, and it tells you of letter B of screw B. You're going to have you know eight eight of these available. To I you. could not even
0: looking at it. I could. It was unfathomable to me the, the, how anyone could put this together. And I was, of course, immediately ready to just call the worker man who right. put
2: these things together. How much money do it's you It's one want of to those, this? if you've ever built anything from IKEA, and the, scratch, best, the scratch, best way right. to You're test a relationship is to travel through IKEA and not in like a 500 days a summer cute sort of, uh, you know. Montage, but no, to get something from IKEA to navigate how to go through the warehouse and build it yourselves. And if you survive that build long it yourself. day, you're good to go.
0: It's wood.
2: Mm. It's so you, metal.
0: Build it yourself. You watch
2: me. The first couple pieces, easy, but you know, the the side uh, the sidewall into the leg posts and it's you know don't tighten these fully you're like okay this is gonna have a little bit I of I didn't uh, say anything a little bit of buckle then it starts to you have to put the lower slats and they fall into through. the position and every time I tried to flip it over it was like dominoes it would just fall, fall through. and fall dad through. just he. you kept getting closer and closer to you just over my shoulder and then without any prompt you started to just place a hand on these, to uh, help on you. these lower planks to help you to push the thing together I'm to see-thing. help you yes <laughs> He threw me threw me out of my own backyard,
0: and then I'd see you. Please Gabby,
2: Cycling through every five to ten minutes to
0: see where I was. I, I'm amazed anyone can build anything. Sure, because I can't build anything. I've said this many, many times. My parents used to get me model planes to build. All I could do was put the decals on. That's it. Right. I couldn't do. I didn't.
3: Oh, conceptually,
0: it. I don't understand how any of it works. I'm grateful when it works, but I don't know how it works. And because I'm who I am, I never felt the need to learn these things. Oh. I can talk for a living. I can't build anything. What do I have to build it for? If I can talk and make enough money, I'll pay you. You build it. That's the way the world works. So you, so did you pay threw me. me out.
2: I did build it. I threw you out. You Finally, out. Liz comes out and goes, come on, man. Where are we? It's Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> he built one of them. It looks great. It the looks second great. one will go faster. The second one will go faster. So I turn this over, and Liz goes, are we almost done? And I go, yeah, I just have to put the lower tray on. A beautiful slatted pieces. She looks to her left and sees 56 little <laughs> screws that have to go in one by one. Yeah, just a quick yeah. couple just, of hours yeah. to
0: do this. So so I'm assuming... But that my pli- drill, how come the on. The drill was great. The drill was great. I'm assuming that whatever it costs, it costs less when you build it yourself oh sure i mean this probably if it was pre-built for you
2: would probably cost double what it cost right well think about just the shipping alone uh they always do interesting stories with ikea as they try and revolutionize some of their long-standing pieces and they come back to the flat pack which is if you can take that bookshelf that everyone had through college in their early 20s If you can figure out a way to make it easier to send, make that packaging smaller so that it's taking up less space in containers and it's easier for you to get it off the, the wall, you can keep it at a similar price point even if some of the material should make it go a little bit higher. Yes, but you have to build it yourself. Yes.
0: Or, see, I think, and the people... worst part
2: is you make. Uh, so obviously, I missed one or two steps, which is why those slats kept falling out. I did not want to admit that. I tried to power through, <laughs> which is always why I made an IKEA desk once. Where I was looking at the picture, something didn't seem right, and I realized, oh, the drawers were supposed to be on the left side. Oh, yeah. I'm so he threw me out of my own backyard. He just <laughs> threw me out, and
0: then and and but but did it, and it's beautiful, but again, fully built. It can't travel the way it travels when you build it. But I I mean, I guess I could do this. I guess I could go to the internet and type in handyman services, Washington, D.C. Right. And I guess I could get a listing of people who... For a price, whatever that price is that they want to charge, would give me the option of paying that price and building this for me. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah, so, like, even but it's if, more fun to watch even you. Even if you, you go through my IKEA, RV there's <laughs> there are there are services that they will sync you up with who will come to your house to make this. Right. Uh, throughout most neighbors, you'll see you know you see somebody with a van and you inquire about what they what they help with. And then ideally you'd have a caretaker who uh, helps with small projects. You know, you don't necessarily need a full scale plumber or carpenter, uh, but it's just stuff around the house. My job is the Sonny Corleone job. (laughs) I throw money right on the ground
0: at the ground and say I okay, can build it because <laughs> I can't
2: build it. Right, but the hard thing for you is it's the vetting process of doing the research, which is why if you see somebody in the neighborhood, you sort of already think, well, I can ask my neighbor; they've had a good relationship with this. Yeah. You know, with this group.
0: But I th- I'm so impressed that you did that. Every time you build something, I'm well. Let's see. So let's impressed. see what
2: the yield looks like for the the hot peppers, the habaneros, and want, the uh, tomatoes. We want
0: peppers and tomatoes, and we want we want to find a way to at least. Convince the squirrels to have dayton to leave us alone. Right. Throw i throw money at the squirrels. Roller so it should be yeah. We it's could, really nice. moving it around. Um, and then and then uh, my great joy, and this was great joy. Wilbon doesn't want to hear this later in the show. Joel Embiid stunk. <laughs> the yappy Joel Embiid stunk. Five of eighteen from the floor. Fifteen points, eight rebounds in a game seven. this is John Wall land. Yeah, you're the MVP. You're the MVP. Nothing. You and Harden. Harden, 3 of 11. Oh, yeah, he was terrible. Nine points. You know, they stunk. And i have to listen to Mike tell me all the time how great Joel Embiid is. And this is Joel Embiid is now 0-3 in game sevens to get to the championship round. Uh, You know, the conference championship. Yeah. If that's not an indictment against him, what is? He's got a good team. <clears throat> this isn't yeah, just is him. Team.
2: No, it is a good, very good they team.
0: They got a good team. They finished right behind Boston. They didn't finish eighth. They didn't finish 12th. This isn't like Miami had to go to the play-in. Lakers had to go to the play. It's not like that. <clears throat> this was two versus three. And once Milwaukee went out, Embiid's eyes lit up. Yeah. And he started yapping even more. <laughs> now he's sitting. All right? so All, that, all
2: about the process.
0: That makes me happy. Yes, it does. And I of course, <clears throat> talking about the process, I communicated with the world's greatest, you know, trust the process fan, Pablo. I said, What do you think your boys now? <laughs> and he <just> stink. <laughs> you know. And he just wrote back, ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> yeah, because he knows how I feel about this. All right. We'll take a break and, and the previously mentioned Michael Wilbon will join us, maybe to defend Embiid, you know, and he's gonna say Embiid was hurt. I don't wanna hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's always an excuse for Embiid. it just an excuse. The guy's the MVP. He was hurt during the year, too. He was the MVP. You voted for him.
2: Ha. I'm Tony Kornheiser. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.
0: Caroline Muir, native Washingtonian singer-songwriter based in Nashville. This is her first single, "Follow Me." It's on all streaming platforms. It captures my love of the country music I grew up with, listening uh, with modern pop and rock elements. I'd love if you played on your show. Help me reach more people with my music. Do you know how good this girl is? Are you kidding me? Amazing, Caroline Muir. Are you seriously? <laughs> wow, Caroline Muir. It's called Follow Me. It plays in Michael Wilbott. I'm going to get to Joel Embiid, as you well know. And I answered your question this morning about teammates that he was critical of. But to me, and I I mean, this is is my newspaper training. To me, the first story you have to talk about today is John Morant. Yeah. I, I mean, there's another gun video, which means that everything he said... About taking responsibility, about going to counseling, about understanding his role—it's all nonsense now, is it not?
4: Yeah, yeah, Tony. I mean, I—I don't—I certainly didn't believe a word of it when he was saying it. I just didn't. It didn't. It didn't seem like, in the in the few hours that he was away in Florida at some you know rehab place, that he had come to grips with this. That he even had any sense that anybody else was right, and he wasn't, and so, you know, again, part of this to me is the way it's played out, that John Morant, people don't know John Morant in his childhood, and John Morant didn't grow up, you know, some sort of, you know, thug, some sort of gangster, this is a role that he is attracted to, and he's, playing out on Instagram, either his own account or his, one of his best boys. And he doesn't care about it. it, 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 it it's like, you're you, you bothering me. What are you doing? You, you're bothering my fun. You're in my way. Commission? yeah, nice, sure. Uh uh-huh, Yeah, I came to New York to talk to you. Can you not bother me again? He doesn't care. He doesn't even care about the hundreds of millions of dollars. He's losing, yes. He's losing. Yes. So... I'm not going to say he's, he's dumb because he's not. He's a fool. And this is where we are with him. And, you know, he has to. Be, I mean, the suspension to me would be indefinite. It's like you'll come back when I say you can come back. And that may not be even next season.
0: I, I fully agree with this. I wrote down Memphis has suspended him, but there's no sense of what they've suspended him from. To me, you, you start – you don't play at the start of the season. I know that's months away. Yeah. You don't play at the start of the season. And by the way, do you think – and I'm asking you this – do you think Silver should step in? I mean, if you're a commissioner, you can't have somebody do this time and again. Well,
4: they stepped in before because they suspended him for a Right, total of, eight you know, games. Eight, yeah. And this has to – again, this should be indefinite. This should not be tied to a number of games – This should be tied to, you're not hearing me. Yes. Yes. You're not hearing me, dude. And so now you're going away. And we are going to prescribe uh, the process by which you at least look at your own life and the idiot things that you're doing.
0: It was a stunner to me because I believed him. Yeah. Yeah. I believed him when he came back. Not only did I believe him when he came back, I believed him when he said after the series that they lost, this is pretty much on me because I caused the distraction. That's not going to happen again. Really? It happened in two weeks.
4: He doesn't care. Wow. And so I didn't believe him. And look, I told you, Tony, including yesterday when we were doing the show um, and this came up uh, on Countdown, I talked about, I was talking to a person who has been involved in security and law enforcement for decades, um, both for a, a, a certain organization which has letters we all know, but then at the highest levels of basketball uh, and other sports. And he just he, he said to me before we were on the air, he said, until John Morant changes the entire Entire group of people. Yes, that he is with. This is this is. I'm quoting now. This is going to be the norm. Well, okay. Cause so so the person I was talking to not only was surprised, the person I was talking to thought that the whole thing of going to Florida was fraudulent at the time. I, t- I told you that. I told. I told yes. you there, there are people who. No, knew about this and thought, what? Uh, so John Grant is, you know, Tony, there, there was concern about gang signals. There was concern about other people from the Memphis organization from days gone by having to come in and soothe some tension because Memphis ain't a place where you play around. Memphis ain't that place. If you're, if, if you're involved with some bad characters in Memphis and you think like you're the bad dude, that
0: that it can be taught to you very quickly that you're not. It's a great, great player, and it's a story that everybody liked because he didn't go to a big school, and he came in and he lit it up, and and his actions, which were detailed in the Washington Post, which is why yeah. I felt this way. <coughs> Nobody else seemed to care about this stuff. But those reporters were right, yeah. they're right.
4: Yeah, well, nobody I don't no, I, I mean nobody was doubting them. uh the reporting was on the money. was as thorough as you get. yes, uh, but he, 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 he <laughs> I can't even say he's not paying attention because I don't think that part is true. He doesn't can't give a damn yeah. about the reporting or what people think or what they said. When you do it again, okay, it wasn't his account this time. So so
0: what? Ah, bad. All right, I'm moving on. I'm getting to Embiid, and I'm getting a Harden, and I'm getting a Doc. Embiid, 5 of 18, 15 points in a Game 7, 8 rebounds. He's the MVP of the league. Harden, 3 of 11 in a Game 7, not his first rodeo in a Game 7 to be a dog. Nine points, former MVP of the league. Glenn Doc Rivers, your friend. A wonderful person. Uh yeah, right. championship coach in Boston now oh and ten in the last ten games to advance to the conference finals.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Tony, it's um it's a failure. I mean, Philadelphia, the process and everything they've done since uh Embiid Harden, all of it has just been a failure. In a place where failure is met with who um the opposite of approval in a way that you know, cost you your job, cost you your standing. Uh Embiid uh is not about what anybody individually thinks. Embiid was just voted and and by a pretty you know decent margin. Yes it you know, was who the competition yes, was, was. Like Pumpo and, and Joker. The league's MVP. And I you know, I'm I'm one of many who thought he had earned that. We didn't give it to him. He earned it. But you know, but what now? Like where do you go? Like, I can't imagine hard you can't you can't harden any money. You can't can't do it. No. Nope. Now I know he's got thirty seven million he can opt into. And so you could get stuck, but you could move him. But, he, you know, Harden was so bad again. And I've seen Harden be bad, in, you know. You know, I've covered this entire generation of bat playoff basketball. I've been sitting the courts out when Harden had been just as stinky in other places when he was the MVP. And Tony, not everybody wins. We can sit here with our list of great players and coaches who never won. Never. I mean, I'm glad Doc has the championship he has. I mean, Jerry Sloan never had one. People think Jerry Sloan is a great coach.
0: 33-10 in the third
4: quarter. They, they were here. It was, Whoa! They're they talking about the game. The game is it, irrelevant at this point. The, 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 the discussion about the Sixers starts with what do you do? What do you do now? Who Who is this going to cost? And and how quickly? And where do they go from here? All of that is, is at play. Okay. Um. I, I thought Boston would win games. Look, I, I picked at the beginning of the year, I picked Philadelphia to go to the conference final. So when they went to game six at home, I thought, wow, I could, you know, I could look pretty good on this one because everybody had Milwaukee, Boston. I had Philly. And, you know, they just they couldn't hold the lead. They played what they played. Look, they got in front of, they got in front of the Celtics in Boston. And then, of course, Jason Tatum had just the game of his life. And you know, Tony, the Celtics seem to me to be sort of flawed. Their coach, their coach doesn't want to play a defensive lineup that got to a championship round for the previous coach, his boss, then. And it's great, the Marcus Smart quote. Are you familiar with the Marcus Smart quote? I am not. So, Smart who, you know, is one of the, I don't know, five best and most important people to talk to in the league after a game. Marcus Smart said, "Yeah, we should have started this lineup a long time ago." And I love Coach; he's getting a rift as well. He should be. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, and as Frank and I talked about this the other day, and it's like, yes, yes, he should be because this lineup's been available to play all you know, all playoffs, and done it because he don't want to because he doesn't believe in what was being done before, and the players on the Celtics roster have gone to him and said, "Hey, listen." We got this guy Rob Williams. Perhaps you've seen him.
0: He's a tough guy. He's a tough, he's a tough kid. Yeah, he's a yeah, tough. Put guy. him on the court
4: with Al Horford and play the two of them. And not everything is about small ball. And let's go. And so he finally down three two facing elimination, and uh, what surely would have been his own firing. Put that lineup on the floor. So it's, it's a, it's, it's, you know, it's a a series of plenty of storylines. The first one, as you, as you said, is, you know, it's, it's a mix, a cocktail of Embiid, Harden, and Doc.
0: Yeah. Um, You now have conference finals where two teams that had to go through the play-in are in them. Yeah. Good for them, Miami and, and the Lakers, but, Reasonable people would make the other teams favorites. Denver was first all year. Boston was first or second all year. Mm-hmm. They are the obvious favorites. If uh, I, I, I don't see, I don't see them losing. Do you? I don't.
4: Oh, sure, I can see either one of them
0: losing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which one would? Which one do you yeah. see more likely to lose?
4: More likely, Denver. But I, I, I. Yes, they're both the favorites. If you ask me right now, who am I picking to be in the finals? I'm going to tell you, Denver and Boston. Yes. Right. But yeah, I can see them losing. The, 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 the glory of this season for the NBA is that, and this was apparent from day one, you've got you had five teams at least in each conference that could win the championship. That's never happened before. Never, ever. Leagues been around since 1948 or 47, whatever Never happened. And so that's the cool thing, because that's the, the frenetic you know, storyline uh, about the, uh, when we got through the All-Star break, which is now at the three-quarter mark. There were only 22, 23 games left. And people like the Lakers have been playing in the playoffs ever, ever since the end of February. Because there's that many good teams. There's that many great young players. People have no idea how great Nicole Jokic is. They have no idea. You don't find out how great Nikola Jokic is because you watch Center. Either you don't. Nikola Jokic, Tony, he, now, look, he's going to meet. The great thing about this series is he's going to go up against the best defensive player in basketball this season, Anthony Davis. Because whatever people want to get on Anthony Davis about, about not being out there, when he's out there, he's the best defensive player in the league. Because he can go out and challenge Steph Curry and not be embarrassed and make him miss shots and then get back – and play the likes of Nikola Jokic. Jokic is like... I mean, Tony, Shaq, who could bull and bully his way to a million points, was a dominant figure, and, and sort of the first of his kind, you know, in some ways since Wilt. Nikola Jokic has a hundred moves more than Shaq ever had. And, 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 and sometimes you see them in like a quarter, and you're like, are you kidding me? And so the, the cool thing for me all winter has been, been being out here in Arizona where I've watched the Western Conference, is not late, it's, you know, 8 o'clock when I'm watching Nicole Jokic, is that other people I'm watching with, Tony, including lifelong basketball people, they, they marvel at him, his footwork, his dexterity, the fact that he cannot even jump on a curb, and he will kill you. He will embarrass you. He does routinely. People don't know him. And so they go, hey, you know Denver. Yeah, sure, because they're not the Lakers and the Celtics, because that's what particularly Eastern people think about certain matchups. They know the Lakers, and so that's familiar to them. They know all the teams in the East because they see them, and that's very familiar to them. There's a lot of teams that can play, man. The Sacramento Kings can play. All season they can play.
0: Well, we're going to get to see it. We're gonna to get to see yeah. Jokic. Um, yeah. and you know, we're gonna to get to see Jimmy Butler. I don't think either of those I don't think the Lakers will win and I don't think Miami will win, but at least we're down to where we understand the the movement towards the finals now. So
4: anyway, I mean I, I don't right. think I don't think they'll win, Tony, but I mean, Jimmy Butler has has been doing this. He's been, he's been he, he got Miami to the finals against the Lakers in the He bowl. did. He, he, he did. He's even a, last year. Just remind people now. He's
0: a great playoff player yeah. on a team that I think is sort of crippled. I mean, they're missing two very yeah, important but then, but then, people, well, and Boston is Old healthy. Depot. He's local. Yeah,
4: Boston's when he's healthy. He's done with his life. Victor Old Depot is just an exemplary person.
0: Good singer too,
4: but Tony. Yes, he is. By the way, yes, he's a good singer. But Tony, they're not. They they, they still got you know a lot. They got they got Kevin Love, who's no. They're
0: they're a nice team. A coach, I just think this ring. is. I think this is the end yeah. of the line for them. No, they're a mean, nice I, team.
4: I, I, I think so. But I tell you yeah. what, if you're if you're Miami, don't you don't you think you you just played these people to a draw last year?
0: Yeah, you can sell that. You can sell that to your team. You can. All right, I'll, I'll talk to stuff. you later. Hi, right, Tony. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll come back with Bob Ryan. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
1: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast. to the Tony Kornheiser Show. The
0: Tony Kornheiser Show. This comes from Max Millian, full name George Max Millian Thank you for the opportunity of possibly having my song Rocker from a redneck town being played on your show. I appreciate it. Most of his life was spent in the village of Potter, Wisconsin. Also spent a year in Pittsburgh. Visited his German grandparents and relatives in Berlin many times through the decades. He has was resided in Arasatuba in Sao Paulo in Brazil since 2006. His cousin Lawrence was a nationally well-known polka band leader in the 40s and 50s. Wow, that's so cool. That's cool. This is called Rocker from a Redneck Town. You can find Maximilian's work all over the place. There's, he's got an album out too. Good for him. Michael, if people like Max Million want to send us their original music, play how they do it.
2: Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com.
0: And he plays in the quintessential American sports writer, Bob Ryan. And, and I, we need to talk about the Celtics and we need to talk about the Bruins and we need to talk about the effect on the city of Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the Celtics won two games in a row facing elimination, beat their old coach in doing so. Doc Rivers, who I know is a friend of yours, has now lost 10 consecutive games when he had a chance to advance to the conference finals. He's got a ring, but I don't think he's going to have a job much longer. Do you, Bob?
3: Well, that depends, obviously, on the whim of the owner. I don't. Uh, he, Doc's very, very realistic. He, he said it so yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he knows the drill. Uh, He knows that nobody's safe, as he put it, even with the two-year contract left, two years left on his contract. It would be certainly not surprising if he is swept out uh, as a punishment, Uh, and, you know, the the record is, is grim. Uh, I I hate to say, uh, you can't refute the numbers and the fact that these games have not been won, and he's been the coach. How much you blame a coach in these circumstances and how much you credit them if it goes the other way, we can have that debate forever. I watched two players that were great players, one of whom is at 35 years old, uh, completely underperform in in the biggest game of the year, Uh, and that was that Doc's fault. I rather think not, any more than it was Joe Mazzola's credit that Jason Tatum played, you know, the game that uh, one of the great games in his playoff history, certainly in Celtic playoff history. But yeah, it's going to be, there's going to be turmoil in Philadelphia because, you know, this, the process, quote unquote, the famous process uh, did not result in, in in true success. We know that.
0: So you and I much, you much more so than I, um, but we have watched in our lives. We have watched great players rise to occasions and great players fall from greatness in certain occasions James Harden who I think is a great player who had 45 and 42 earlier in this series and won games by himself basically James Harden we have seen on the ground looking for his mouthpiece in playoffs Chris Paul (laughs) we have seen injured and on the ground looking for his mouthpiece in playoffs (laughs) do you know why this happened these are great players do you know why this happens do you have any theories
3: no, it's difficult. It's a very interesting uh, circumstance, particularly in Harden's case. A one-time MVP, a guy who did win two games with 40-point performances, mm. uh, won games with last-second shots, and then looked utterly pathetic and decrepit and old and useless yesterday. Uh, and, and, and it was all or nothing in the series for him. Uh, the, the, after, you know, he had this is the third bad game out of the seven. And, and I mean, and it was atrocious. Uh, I uh, don't have an answer to the Chris Paul thing. Uh, one thing is that uh, too much burden is placed on a guy six feet tall. Uh, There's only so much he can do. And, and it was the same thing with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, he had his great moments. Uh, uh, it took a while to figure out how to make use of his talent. Really, it did. Uh, Paul, what 18 years now in the league. He is what he is. Uh, he's, a, he's a very talented, hall, going to the Hall of Fame, uh, six-foot point guard, and there's only so much he can accomplish. And I don't think you put, you know, that, that he didn't win a championship. He was never the best, you know, I guess to say the best player on a team that could win a championship, though, you know, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame with his lengthy career accomplishment. But to answer your question, I, I, Rising. And no, I don't. Obviously, we've, you, you don't have an answer. Uh, you don't have an answer why Tatum, uh, you know, after these three atrocious starts that he had in the games, uh, you know, pulled himself together yesterday and had that magnificent game right from the start.
0: I'll go to Embiid. He was never my choice for MVP, regular season award. I would have given it to Antetokounmpo over mm-hmm. Embiid. I think Embiid is yappy. I'm tired of him putting his hands up and asking the crowd of Philadelphia to applaud him all the time and then never, ever, ever gets to a conference final. This is a, you know, I, this is no get Eight rebounds. And five of eighteen shooting in a game seven. What are we talking about here, right?
3: I looked up at one point, relatively late in the game, and he had one rebound in the third quarter. And I thought, what is this? I, I <laughs> uh, you know, I. Uh, uh, it just that's sort of jumped out of me. I didn't fact, advocate for him to be the, whole, uh, the, the uh, MVP. Have, were I a voter, I would have voted for him. I stated so publicly, so that's okay. There were three great candidates; he was one of them, and, and he happened to win. That's the way I look at it, uh, and it is based on regular season. And, and he carried that team a long, long way in the regular season. Uh, the, they they weren't they didn't have much depth tone. They really didn't, and, and uh, he was disproportionately important to that team. So okay, that's another. One. But he clearly was underwhelming yesterday. Now. Uh, I know that you did... T- now, I'm sitting up in the uh, upper reaches of the garden press box yesterday, way above the action, and I t- have no uh, audio, I have no nothing. All I know is what I can see from yeah. up there in the, in the heavens. Um, but there was a play in the second period, I think, he got fouled and he, went to, he, got, he, he was hurt. That knee acted up on him. I, I will give him the benefit of that doubt. In fact, I might go so far as to say he performed better than you'd expect based on what he may have been dealing with the entire playoffs, the entire series. So, I'm inclined to give him a, a little bit of slack in that regard uh, and, and uh, think it would have been, things might have been different if he had been fully healthy. But he did block some, you know, when they were still in the game, remember they were up by nine twice. Yeah. And and, and uh, he was blocking shots and, and deterring. I'm thinking, God, Tatum can't get to the rim because this guy won't let him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and... Uh, but uh, in the end uh, you know we know that third quarter was, was catastrophic for the 76ers 33
0: to 10 in a game 33, 7
3: 33 10 I remember looking up when it was 25-6 thinking my god they may hold in the single figures just... now of course this being Boston Tony I must point out this, we've seen it before in 1980 uh, 87 uh, 86 excuse me the Celtics went out in game 6 against uh, uh, a country game against the Hawks with a 36 to 6 third quarter I'll never forget that one. So we've seen everything in Boston, and, and, uh, uh, but this was, this was right up there. There's no doubt. Let me just point this out, too. Everybody's talking about the offense, and Tatum had the great offensive game. The defense was the difference in the third quarter. Absolutely. There were, there were some, I would say, three or somewhere between three and six of the ugliest possessions an NBA team could possibly have. At any point in any season, at any point, including exhibition games, you can't look worse than the Sixers did on on those particular possessions in the third quarter. Now, was that 100% because the Celtics made them look bad? Well, it's usually, it's always a combination. I'll say it was probably 80-20. Celtics absolutely devastated them in the third quarter on defense and then happened to make some shots to to make it, you know, to fulfill it.
0: The Celtics, we'll wrap up the Celtics after this. The Celtics now walk in to play Miami. Miami is a very good team, but they're also a team that had to go through the play-in in order to get <laughs> in to the playoffs, just like the Lakers did on the other side. The Celtics will be the clear favorites here, but the Celtics are also a team that, my God, they, don't put, they just put together two good games in a row, but they haven't done that all, all playoff season. They haven't. So. No,
3: they haven't. And I keep saying it, I don't trust them. And I still don't right. trust them until they do it. And I mean it. They've got to win the whole thing with this talent. Because they do, I'll repeat this, I told you last time, I'll tell everybody, they do not need any infusion of talent. They have sufficient ba- basketball talent to win a championship. They simply need to play right. And, and and they are capable of doing it, and uh, uh, that's that, that's simply that, and and uh, so we'll see. I, I respect Miami. Everybody respects Folstra. Everybody is, uh, respects uh, Jimmy Butler when the playoffs start. Uh, Bam Adebayo has tradi- done very very well against the Celtics over the years. The one big thing they don't have Tyler Hero. Yeah, and uh, you know that that's a big loss, and and uh, so I give them credit for going as far as they have. They do have a guy that could be a pseudo hero. And that's Duncan Robinson, who was he was swept out of their rotation during the season, but has to start playing again now. And he's capable of getting hot, but it, you know, and, and that's it. so. I would just keep your eye on that. That could happen. But you gotta like the Celtics in this series with the home, uh, although the home hasn't been you know invincible. That's for sure. Um, and, and and it's in there, I said this um, after they won Game Six. They they're they're the one team that's left that you can truthfully say it's their destiny is in their hands. If if everybody plays their A game, they win, period.
0: Okay, let me shift to the Bruins. Had the greatest year of any hockey team of all time. Didn't get to the second round of the playoffs. I assume that the Celtics' win yesterday uh, has calmed the waters in the city of Boston. (laughs) But how are the Bruins, how's the city dealing with the Bruins? How are the Bruins dealing with the Bruins?
3: No, they're, they're, uh, they were licking a wound and, and feeling you know very sorry for themselves. And the coaches is, is, is actually got people concerned a little bit because Jim Montgomery talked about the playoffs as a different animal, as if he were learning about it. And then he's 50-some years old and has been through it before. This isn't Joe Missoula. who who is going through it for the first time and and is learning on the job about what playoffs are all about. Jim Montgomery supposedly already knew, and then he said some things that got people a little nervous. He juggled lines. He did things that uh, people were questioning at the time. Now, they entered the playoffs with their first two centers injured and did not have them in the beginning. And, of course, that being Patrice Bergeron and and Dave Krejci, Uh, and um, that... They, we'll never know to what extent uh, they were playing impaired. You know how, how how recovered did they really become, and when they did start playing, we'll never know. Uh, the goalie who was is going to win the Vezina, there won't be any question about that. Uh, deteriorated, uh, he let him down. There's no doubt. Jonas uh, Homework was not the same. And you know, and if there's one, if there's one thing that we can always say that that never changes in, in American sport is that when pl- playoffs come the most uh, the most important position in American goalie. sport is goalie yeah. and, and North Goal. American sport and European sport is goalie and 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 when and your goalie didn't play the way he had played all year, it, it hurt them so they and they lost they, you know they lost to the pan and now the panthers have knocked off two original six teams yeah and and suddenly they're a hot team and hockey there's lots of history of, of teams just like the panthers going a long way
0: so it leads to this question you've asked yourself this, you've been asked this a million times. Why is the Stanley Cup so hard to win? It's harder than the um, others. It's harder.
3: You know, I, I that that's a great question. Uh, you know, you got to win next series. Of uh, course, in the old days, you, you know, in, in the 16th league, you only had to win two series. But anyway, um, it, it's I, I, I maybe there's a essential parity in the league more than we realize. May I? I don't know. To I'm not enough of a hockey maven to know yeah. uh, to be able to articulate what what technical differences there are in the playoffs that may favor some teams who are, who are you know in that. Shorter period of time than over the long haul. Uh, because we know I can talk about baseball in those terms. I can talk about basketball in those terms. Uh, I don't think it applies to football, frankly, but I do think it applies. Something applies to hockey that doesn't apply in the other series, the other sports.
0: I completely agree with that. If you look, if you look at the history of teams winning championships in baseball and basketball, the best team wins often, often. And we don't necessarily see that in hockey, right? We don't.
3: Yeah, no, not, not, not in the same way. And so uh, I don't know. It's interesting, but it makes it, you know, and it's compelling. And, of course, I, I will always say that uh, as much as I'm a lifelong baseball and basketball guy, uh, there is the greatest tension in, in, in sport that we have is hockey overtime in the playoffs. Stanley Cup hockey overtime is, 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 the, is the absolutely is the tension of all mothers, yeah. mother of all tensions. Uh, There's nothing quite equates to it because it can change in an instant. And and one quick turnover, bang, it's over. Uh, It's really really tense stuff, and it's it's very exciting.
0: Great to watch, too.
3: Thank you, Bobby. Okay, Tony, anytime.
0: Bob Ryan, boys and girls. It's fabulous. We'll take a break. We come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
2: Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network
5: Here comes Tony, here comes Tony, here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony, here comes Tony, here comes Mr. Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you.
0: Wow, that's sent in by Claudius West, who writes, "Attached is the jingle for the woman that I was once related to by marriage, named Annie, Annie Cress." Wow, that's amazing! Wow, <laughs> it really is that's cool. a wow, spectacular! Wow, thank you, Claudius. A lot of indigo
2: girls in the in her phrase. Thank yeah. you, Annie.
0: Yeah, wow. Wow. You want to do the Bethesda bagel in?
2: Yes, we got the bagel sandwiches today. Very excited about that. Bethesda bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com food a location in the D.C. area nearest
0: you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag in honor of the Hewlett High School weekend, over the weekend, let me just say turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming around. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit tired of listening to the sound of my tears. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit nervous that the best of all the years have gone by. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit terrified and then I see the look in your eyes. Turn around, bright eyes. That's Jimmy Steinman's great writing. Mm. Hewlett High School. Thanks to our... Who's in
2: charge of the jukebox?
0: Oh, great question. We didn't have any music. We're so old. We didn't... We just talked. We just talked. That was it. It was great. We just chatted. Thanks to our guest today. Did you think we would have music? I just thought there'd be a background uh, yeah, beach music. Boys, yeah. yeah. Get home from golf? I don't even have a record player or a or a music machine. <laughs> I need a handyman. <laughs> I'm your handyman. I'm not the kind to of use a pencil or rule. Right. See, these songs I'm would be great for you to play. And I'm no right. fool. I fix broken hearts. You know, I really can. Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Bob Ryan. Thanks to today's sponsors, Indochino, Grammarly, Zip Recruiter. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. And if you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It's terrifying. I can do these songs, it's just terrifying they come into my head and I know the lyrics all of the most of the lyrics yeah from Francisco DeFalco in Alexandria Virginia Trader Joe parking lots are designed for smaller vehicles like Subarus. From Bill Garner in North Potomac, Maryland. My wife loves the Trader Joe's in Travel or Trayville Square. I rant about the parking lot all the time and refuse to buy anything in that shopping center. My wife's car has little dings everywhere. Sons of bitches. (laughs) From Matt Strain. Yesterday I was talking with my 84-year-old mom, Susan Strain, who suffers from Parkinson. Out of nowhere, she said, if it wasn't for the Tony Kornheiser show, I wouldn't be here. No pressure, but thank you. I like my mom. Appreciate you giving her a reason to stick around. From Gus... Carianus Get on the bus, in God. South Glens Falls, New York. Uh, my original roommate in college, Dave Carpenter, was from Glens Falls, New York. I have pileated woodpeckers nesting near my house every year, and when the young leave the nest, provided the northern goshawk doesn't kill them, they are incredibly vocal. Here's an interesting little bit of trivia for you. Walter Lance used to use both the look and call of the pileated when he created Woody Woodpecker. Listen to the call on your Google machine and you'll recognize the ha 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 sound for sure. I usually left my name, last name off as you suffered so much trying to pronounce it, but it's Carianis, And yes, like most Greek immigrants, my grandfather operated a few restaurants in New York City and my aunt's brother owned a little rib joint in Memphis called the Rendezvous. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the Rendezvous is the best ribs in the world. Yeah. Not just the best in Memphis, not just the best in Tennessee, not just the best in the southern part of the United States, the best in the world, a rendezvous. I think that Jesse McCollum is friendly with that family. Carry on us. And you like them unsauced. Um I do. Dry. I like them dry, and when I want to add sauce, I do. I don't like them to come that way. The, if you ever get a chance to go to, you know, to Memphis on a rendezvous, do it. From Stephen Good. In Fayetteville, Arkansas, last weekend I went to Cooperstown to see the Baseball Hall of Fame before going to New York City to see City Field and Yankee Stadium, knocking out the final two active stadiums on my list. I'm now 30 for 30. I stayed at the Otisaga, views, you, as you have recommended numerous times on the podcast. It was as you described and more, and there's one thing that really made the trip special. It was not completing the stadium checklist or going to the Hall of Fame. It was not the beauty of the lake, the great beer, or the good food. No, the trip was truly made when I opened up the armoire and found not one, but two fluffy white bathrobes. Thanks for the hotel recommendation. I don't know that anyone listens up there, but
2: it's the best hotel I've ever been in. I know we went you year- right Michael yeah we had a great vacation a vacation that lasted a little bit longer for you with one phone call. Oh yeah. And that's a long time ago, and that's for another discussion. <laughs> but that was almost the end
0: of Tony. Uh, for Jeremy Salinger in Chicago, Illinois. First time, long time, by millennial standards, though not by ESPN Radio Day standards. On the May 8th episode, you read a note by Steven Salinger. I finally had my first David Aldridge. Hey, I know that guy. That guy's my dad. Stunned that my dad never told me he was a little. I played it again and then heard you add, from Doylestown, Pennsylvania, my father is many things, dentist, inventor, Volkswagen enthusiast, and now I add to that list, not that Steven Salinger. <laughs> also, if you would be so kind, please give a shout-out to Josh London in Chicago, who introduced me to the show many years ago and is getting married in September. So he thought it was his dad, but, but it, it wasn't so. his dad. From Patrick Sitter, our old friend in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I like melons. Do I need to move on to a more melon-friendly podcast? Is it over between us? From Bob in D.C., please ask Dan Byrne to compose a song called The 14 Players Drafted Before Booger McFarlane. The song actually writes itself. I don't think my life will be complete until I hear that song. Challenge Uh, on, Dan. Yeah, what else do we have here? A couple of others. Let's just do one or two more. Uh, From Fab Nicolau in Melbourne, Australia, we feel your red zone pain in Australia. Our Comcast equivalent foxtel has ditched it as well when you talk to goodell and comcast or whomever see if you can put in a good word for us as well love the show we're back yes we have it back so i assume it should be back for anybody from steven in tampa bay there is a special place in hell for people who play golf slow when i started to (laughs) teach my daughter to play she was about nine the first few times on the course we all focused what we focused on was how to play quick Get to your ball, select a club, be ready to hit when it's your turn. As you walk up to the ball on the green, start looking at the slope and the contours so you don't have to spend much time reading the green when you get to the ball. And finally, at a certain point, just pick up your ball and head to the next screen. I explained if you play quick, you can play with anyone, even though it's much better than yourself. The worst is to have others in your group constantly wait for you and or being the source of a backlog on the course. She's 26 now. She had a nice little high school golf career. We have a trophy for the winner of the annual Daddy Daughter Classic, which at this time resides in my domicile. So so if I owned a course, I would have a starter watch each group play the first hole. Based on this observation, the starter would tell them which set of tees they're going to have to play going forward. Lastly, I know you don't care, but the Tampa Bay Rays are having one of the best seasons in the history of baseball. Okay. I wish I got more love nationally for what they are doing. We have them on PTI all the time. We talk about sure. them all the time.
2: And by the way, the slow play the et- is frowned upon everywhere except for Pebble Beach, right? That, then it's understood. Uh, that it's the, understood.
0: Yeah. Frowned it's upon, understood. but accepted. But accepted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. From Ed Bott. The Village Links is a nice municipal golf course in Glen Ellen, Illinois. When I played it back in the 90s, they had a great solution for slow play. If your foursome finished within 15 minutes of the group in front of you, you got a free pitcher of beer. And it worked. Seems nice. Um, Stephen Greenfield, Gaithersburg, Maryland. Years ago, I traveled to Costa Rica with my family. One day, we booked an excursion to go whitewater rafting. It's Costa Rica, I'm emphasizing. The rafting company picked us up in a van to go to the river. When we were picked up, there was a couple in the van. We introduced ourselves and started chatting. They mentioned they were from Dallas and their son was getting married in a couple of months and how happy they were about that. I told them I went to a summer camp with a family from Dallas. Where was the camp, they asked. In the mountains of North Carolina, I replied. Which camp, they asked. Blue Star, I replied. What was the family's name, they asked. Gerard, I replied, to which the husband responded. That's me and my brothers. (laughs) What? What? He immediately pulled out his cell phone, called his younger brother, who was my bunkmate for years. So there I stood on the banks of a river in rural Costa Rica, having a mini-camp reunion, talking to my summer camp bunkmate who I hadn't seen in over 35 years. What? (laughs) That's amazing. From Robert in Honolulu. Now that you've caught up on all the old emails, when are you going to get to the faxes? Um, I mentioned this the other day of of Steve Spurrier Day, and I knew somebody else had put it in my head. It was Charlie Burtz in Springfield, Virginia. He said, good old five eleven is a date that lives in a tradition of May the 4th be with you. I mean, it's not the worst day. It's better than some of them, so I guess <laughs> that's something. From Dan in California, my birthday's coming up on May 11th. For most of my life, the only thing I associated with that date is my birthday, but ever since listening to the show, when my birthday comes around, I can think of it as 5-11. Not very good. <laughs> From Ben Tiner or Tiner, T-I-E-N-O-R in Dallas, Texas. I'm at an event this month, and I've been asked for my walk-up music. Between rope and a yardsticker I have a piano, which has the cheaper licensing fees. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh. Uh, if you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white.
1: But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, Oops. which I've warmed in the micro-Wave. <laughs> Redneck town, won't let these back settings keep me down I'm just a rock above the red